0: The blast from our past network. Hey everyone, co-host Corey here. I just wanted to take a quick second and say thank you to all of our Patreon supporters. Without you, Podcasting After Dark would not be possible. If you would like to help the show grow, please consider signing up at patreon.com podcastingafterdark. You can also support the show by purchasing one of our awesome t-shirt designs on our merch store at podcastingafterdark.com or by picking up a copy of Seven Winters Alone by David Irons on paperback, hardback, or Kindle. Just search for Seven Winters Alone on Amazon, or click on the link in the show notes. A free way to help out is to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Those reviews are huge for us, and really helps get the show in front of new listeners. Again, thank you all so much for the love and support you've given us over these past few years. It really means the world to us.
1: Welcome to our Patreon-exclusive interview series for Podcasting After Dark, with your hosts, Corey Stevenson and Zach Schaefer. Tonight's interview is with the star of The Shawshank Redemption, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, and Tales from the Crypt presents Demon Knight, actor... Musician, William Sadler. William Sadler, thank you so much for being on Podcasting After Dark.
2: It's great to be here. Thanks for having me.
1: (laughs) I got to tell you, not to make you blush, but when Corey and I were kind of running down your filmography and, and talking about some of the movies we wanted to bring up to you, we were like, yeah, that one. Yeah, behind uh-huh, that one, and then about thirty in, we're like, okay, we're gonna have to limit this. To-
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's well, just how much, how much time do you have? <laughs> All the time in the world.
0: It's, but the it's time. it's incredible how how influential you've been to, but like both of us growing up in so many varied. Roles, um, Zach did say he was like, you know, before we were fired up, he's like, "Are you nervous?" And I'm like, "It's William freaking Sadler. Of course I'm nervous, <laughs> you know." Oh, but like,
2: oh like, well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but my my wife and I, and just you know, as an example of how important you are to to my life and my my relationship with my wife, we. We bonded early on in our relationship over Demon Knight. So, you know, I'm telling her that we're gonna interview William Sallard. She's like, Demon Knight. I'm like, Yes. <laughs> Holy <laughs> cow. Well,
2: I'm, well, I'm glad I could help there. That's, so thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> you bonded over Demon.
0: <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people bonded over Demon Knight. <laughs> that was
2: a, it was a fun movie. Yeah. It, a- it
1: seemed like it was was that was that one that um I mean I always wanted to see you in a hero role up until that point, you know, obviously saw you in Die Hard and, and Die Hard 2. And, and, you know, what is it? Naked yoga you're doing? uh, Right. right. (laughs) The Tai Chi, yeah. Tai Chi. Naked. naked. (laughs) Well, you know, there's some, there's some major power in that, but then here you pop up in Demon Knight and like, okay, first of all, he's got cool looking hair. And second of all, he's got the leather jacket.
2: Boom. Uh, He's already. He's wearing one black fingerless glove. Yes. I'm sorry. What's that for? Yeah. (laughs) To cover up up the tattoo on his hand that moves as the years go by. No, I thought that was the, I, I, first of all, you should know that we shot that movie for like (laughs) a (laughs) dollar 98. I don't know why they, they were reluctant to spend money on the movie but we shot it in an in an uh an old um uh airplane uh, airplane hangar in sherman oaks we didn't <laughs> use it. it didn't happen in a sound stage it happened in this airplane hangar that had pigeons up in the rafters and we had to get the pigeons to shut up every time <laughs> they yelled action they had to like shoo the pigeons away
1: oh my gosh
2: um it wasn't it wasn't an expensive movie to make but uh but god it was it was just great fun and and they put together a terrific cast billy zane it was you know i think it's the best thing he's ever done it's i so really funny. he's really 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 fun in that thing and uh but cch pounder
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know thomas church um you know the list goes the list you couldn't get uh, dick miller the, Jada Pinkett, yeah, Dick Miller. It was just this really super fun, um, talented group of people, and it's a cool story. It was a, you know, I thought it was a, I thought it was a really cool story.
0: Cut! 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 Oh, hello, kitties. So glad you could join me. Your pal, the Cryptkeeper, has gone Hollywood in a big way. I'm directing my first feature film. Care for a little shriek preview? It stars Billy Zane from Dead Calm, William Sadler from Die Hard 2, and Jada Pinkett from Menace to Society. Ooh, I love those titles and you'll love Demon Knight. The hair! The demons are hair! And ladies, if you think Demon Knight is too gross and yucky... Thank you. And it's a movie that holds up really well even in 2021 uh, and it, obviously it's, I think it's the practical effects and and the and Zach and I talk a lot of times on on our podcast these movies uh, like you can just tell everyone's having a good time on set and it's like the energy is coming through and i and I don't know how what kind of a time you had on set but it seems to us like the reason you know Demon Knight holds up so well is because the, it just you could feel the love that was put into the movie.
2: I think so. I mean, you have to, you have to be having a good time. I mean, it's one, of. if if you're, you know, I, I, I think that spills over for the audience. I really think it's contagious when you, you know, you hear someone singing a song and they're just love they're into it and they're loving it. It just oozes out into the audience. It's never been fun. It's never fun to watch uh, actors suffering and struggling and angry and um, but it's a great, I know, Ernest Dickerson, uh, was direct, the director on those, mm-hmm. was, um, was just fantastic. Um, and we did have a lot, I spent, I spent my whole childhood diving out of haylofts with a BB gun <laughs> on the farm. So when we got around to shooting that it was, uh, it was like, oh yeah, you know, burst through the door and throw the knife and it sticks in the <laughs> alien's eyeballs and, Look out, behind you <laughs> you know i've been I've been practicing to do that since I was eight.
0: You were born in- to play that role. <laughs> I'm afraid
2: so, yes.
1: <laughs> Perfect. Up
2: in uh, Buffalo, New York? yes, yes. Uh, town well, outside south of Buffalo, orchard Park, New York.
1: Oh, nice, nice.
2: A great little town
1: and And, yeah, jumping out of haylofts and, and playing an action hero. and yeah were you did you always want to be an actor when you were? When you were growing up, or?
2: I don't know if I always wanted to be an actor. I was I, there was a long time there where I was I was in a folk band, um, I was in I was in a garage band called the the Kegs, and then we renamed it the Night Riders. Ooh. We played in the Battle of the Bands and played for high school dances and so on. We were cool. Um, what did you play? Uh, I played rhythm guitar and sang, oh, nice. uh, you know, vocals and rhythm guitar. And any song that, you know, every song that came out that had three chords in it, we just clobbered it. We knew, you know, we played the hell out of those things. And then I sort of discovered acting uh, uh, my last year in high school. And it was, uh, oh, I did stand up for a while. Oh, I, wow. I went around, I played the banjo and told jokes. Like Steve Martin. Kind of, Yeah. Uh, except he was really good at it. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was setting you up. I was, I was, I wasn't as good at it, and I didn't stick with it because I, I might have gotten better at it, but, but, uh, and I had a lot of early success with it. I was winning variety shows, and I played at the Grange Hall, and you know. <laughs> but then I when I discovered acting, and it was, first of all, it was easier and more fun than um for me and it was you know it almost immediately i realized i was i kind of had a knack for this
1: mm-hmm.
2: um and the and the and i started to discover the writing um you know you look at these plays the second play i did was a pulitzer prize winning drama called the subject was roses um and the writing is just spectacular it's you know moving and real and beautiful and all of a sudden this like door opened up and i was like holy this world that i was not aware of um and i i i went to uh, state university college of geneseo and studied acting for four years. Then I got a scholarship to study acting at Cornell for two years. Wow. And then I went to New York and did theater for 11 years. And then I did my first movie. So that's, that's my early that's my early career.
1: <laughs> Was there ever a particular song you covered in your band that you really were into? You're like, this is my jam, this is the one.
2: G-L-O-R-I-A, Gloria, <laughs> G-L-O-R-I-A, Because <Gloria. laughs> I could spell it, Gloria um nice yeah well, um louis louis yeah we, oh, could, we could keep louis louis going for half an hour <laughs> kids dancing on the floor of the gymnasium with their shoes off Um. those was good times it
1: was really good times i was uh i grew up outside of detroit and uh as a, as a little kid and listened to a lot of Mitch Ryder and the Detroit Wheels. Oh, oh uh, for sure. For but sure. But then I, I met I met Bob Seeger when I was about six or seven years old. I actually slept on his couch. And
2: uh, <laughs> yeah, that's why, did, why. did you do that?
1: <laughs> well, so quick story. I told it last night to my son. Uh, my mom, my mom had a lot of male friends, <laughs> and um, and she was dating a guy uh, who was a piano tuner. And he had to tune a lot of pianos. And one day he took me with him on a, on a run. And I think we'd done four or five piano tunes that day. And he's like, I got to do one more up in Bloomfield Hills. And and uh, we're he, and I was getting really tired. And I said, I'm gonna just going to lay down on the couch. He goes, yeah, go ahead lay down on this big leather couch. I didn't know whose house it was. All I remember is a little bit later, someone waking me up and going, time to wake up, little man. And I open my eyes and it's Bob Seger. And I go, <laughs> oh. are you Bob Seger? And he goes, yes, I am. And I go, oh, cool. Dude. <laughs> oh, how sweet. And then he takes us to his uh, softball game. He was on a softball team called the Silver Bullets, of course. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And, God, uh, so. Yeah. I met him, you know, got to you know Shoot. see him a few times. And, and I was like, Bob Seger was always a huge influence on me as a musician. And uh, obviously, clearly, you know. Always fantastic. So there you go. But, but love, back to Gloria that. and them, you know, so
2: <laughs> we did 96 tears too, which was oh, great. That's a great song. <laughs> I think it's got four chords in it. Maybe. Do you still play today? Do you still yeah. pick up the guitar?
1: Great. Yeah.
2: No, I play, I play more now than I ever have. i am I've been writing. I've always been writing songs and doing them at, uh, uh coffee houses. And, you know, Oh, cool cabaret sort of (laughs) performances. I mean, they're folk, they're sort of, or I guess they're urban folk or there's a lot of humor in them. I started doing a, um, a, uh, a YouTube channel called William Sadler, the kitchen tapes. Um, and I would tell stories about the movies and then sing one of my songs, you know, sing and play one of my songs. And now I'm getting, uh, it looks like I'm getting an album together. I've got so many songs. I'm working, cool. with, I'm working with uh, musicians uh, virtually Yeah. Um, and putting together, I've got a sound engineer who's uh, who's been helping me and it's fantastic. It's, uh, I, I have, I have this. I have thirty-something songs that I've been playing um, for audiences live for years and years, and a, and a bunch of new songs. But I've there there are no great recordings of them. There are no good recordings. So, you know, I have nothing to. Uh, it's not that I want to sell them. I'd there. I'd love there to be a record or some way for yeah, other yeah. people to enjoy them. Uh, so that's what yeah. I'm doing.
0: That's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah, and and it's nice that even you know with the, the the quarantine and everything, you know, with the technology that we have, we can still produce art, music, you know, podcasts, all this cre- these creative endeavors because we can we have the technology to do it.
2: It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. The um the the guy that does there's a guy named Todd Schroeder. He's a wonderful piano player and a musical director. He's in China right now yeah laying down piano tracks for one of my songs I send him the vocal he does a piano track. My mixer who lives in Glendale now puts them together. we send it back to Todd in china he says oh let me wait a minute let me uh let me fiddle with the ending it go it just keeps going back and forth but it's but it's it's real it's really really fun, and I've never heard them. I get the biggest kick out of uh hearing them in some form that's, I've never recorded them except, you know, for myself on a little cassette. So they're, you know, they're, I I have only ever had really funky live performance recordings um, of a lot of these songs. So it'd be, it's going to be fun.
1: Well, you know, people are going to look back on this 20 years from now and say, you know, this, this is what the future is going to look like. And, and, you know, where 20 years prior to this people were, Neil Young was like saying, Oh you know, let's, we got to record this in a barn or, you know, <laughs> we got to do it the real way <laughs> now no. 20 years, 20 years from now, they're going to say, Oh, we got to record this in a studio. You know, the old fashioned way.
2: <laughs> yeah. I would, I would so love to sit. Face- I used to, I used to work with this piano player face to face. A couple of the songs I would go to his studio in, in Los Angeles and we'd work it out face to face, you know. Yeah, it's um, different. It's still much better. How is it different? Yeah. You know, it's uh, this it this is I, I would really love to get into a studio with a bunch of people and just create, you know.
1: That would be wonderful one joy. of these days, right? Yeah.
2: yeah. One of these days. I already got my first vaccine shot, so.
1: Oh, congrats! Nice. Congratulations.
2: I'm, I'm halfway there. Yeah. How, how are
1: you? Uh, any any side effects or anything like that?
2: Oh uh, no, not, <laughs> not that I'm not that I'm aware of. Not. Um, you, no, you got I a little crypto on your neck there. So I, haven't. I, I haven't had any side effects whatsoever. Except That's great. my arm was sore for like half a day, and uh, then it went away.
1: I'm sure you felt worse in uh in the movie Trespass when you were <laughs> bouncing
2: around and whatnot. Oh, oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> that's a rough segue, but Walter well, of- Hill. <laughs> no. That was a- again, that's another one of those films that where you know, I felt like I'd been rehearsing for it in the barn, diving out of the hayloft with the BB gun and come really? up shooting. It was it was precisely that, you know. Um but Walter Hill was, was, uh, was great fun to work with. He directed me in the first episode of Tales from the Crypt. Yep. Um, the man who was death, mm-hmm. is the name of the episode. And, um, and we hit it off. It was, uh, you know, I, it was the first, it was the first opportunity I had in Los Angeles to show people something, you know, and, um, uh, to really you know strut my stuff i guess i <laughs> show, show some acting chops <laughs> and and um almost immediately joel silver cast me in die hard 2 right after that it was like boom and then uh frank darabont was one of the writers on tales from the crypt came up to me and said i'm gonna do this movie called the Shawshank." Rita Hayworth and Shawshank Redemption. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I'd like you to be in it. And then of course I did the Green Mile and the The Mist with him and and Trespass with Walter. It was like this whole that episode, that that one episode of Tales from the Crypt just sort of opened um, the door for me. Wow. How and, cool is that? Is is that something where you just have
1: a connection with the director? And he says something like, "Well, I want to work with you again someday." And he has you in mind for a project, or I mean, how does that work? I don't know.
2: When you're when you're directing, you're putting a lot of um, responsibility on the shoulders of the people you cast. Yeah, and it's a real nervous situation if you're if you're a director and you cast the you put the wrong person in that role. This project that you love and you've been working on for six months or a year or five years or whatever, um it's the in and, and suddenly he's got the right face, but there's the wrong aura and it's not cooking and yeah. Um casting is a casting is, you know, eighty-five or ninety percent of the uh, of the show. You put the right put the right people in those roles and your job as a director is easy yeah. you know they get it and they'll lift it off the page and make it sing um and when you find people that you can work with that you um you know you have a you have a relationship with you it's easy to talk to them they'll try things you want them to try, you know do it this way they'll do it that you know sure i'll give, i'll give i'll give it a try um but you're on the same page and it's uh you feel like you can trust your your piece in their hands then you go to them again and again frank darabon did that with uh i mean it's he has sort of had this rep company for a while that yeah there was this, you'd see the same faces in his movies over and over again. And that's why, because, you know, you know them, you know, he know, uh, he could, he knew what he could, he knew what he was going to get before he started rolling camera, you know? And
1: I love that he, he's a fan of film. Uh, We had, we had Mark Ralston on our show a little while back and he recanted a story with us or we, you know, brought up a story from, a uh, time when uh, Frank approached him and said, oh, "I'm a big aliens fan. Can you sign my aliens poster?" <laughs>
2: <laughs> Frank, Frank used to do this thing in Los Angeles where he he's like you said he's a big film nut, and he would set up screenings and invite mm-hmm. friends to see you know these wonderful movies. i my, one of my favorite. I saw. I saw several of them, but one, the one I remember that I had the most fun, at was, um, Sunset Boulevard. Oh yeah. We, he set up a screening of Sunset Boulevard at the Egyptian theater on Hollywood Boulevard, which is this great old, you know, Egyptian revival theater, beautiful, beautiful movie theater. Beautiful. And then he brought Billy Wilder to the screening. Wow. The director and, it was just this fun, this night you know yeah it was a celebration of the movie which no one had seen on a big screen in 50 years or something yeah. and it was a tip of the hat to uh to the guy who created it it was, it was really wonderful it was just and he would do that again he did it with uh, space odyssey 2001 space odyssey yeah Showed it on a huge uh, screen. I mean, uh, um, like a—I don't even know—at the Universal Theater, um, just the biggest screen I've ever seen with enormous sound system and bigger
1: than the uh, bigger than the Cinerama Dome and uh, on Sunset. Big,
2: bigger, bigger than that, I think. Wow, was, cool. Well, I don't know. <laughs> what do I know? I'm just, I'm just an actor.
1: Well, I was—I was, I was going to say, you know, you, you talk about these seeing these these memorable classic films on screen for the first time, um, yeah. you know, versus VHS or a DVD or whatever. And I was able to do that with Shawshank, uh, I wasn't the director's guild or the writer's guild. It was, it was that big, it was like the 25th anniversary screening. Oh. Um, and, and I remember seeing it on screen for the first time because when it had come out, I just missed it in the theater. And, uh, and oh, wow. I, that, it, was, it was one of those moments where I thought, yeah, this is a modern day classic you know, you are a part of a modern day classic. Your yeah. your you uh, your line of, you know, I'll never say Alexander Dumas the same way. <laughs> Dumbass. Dumb <laughs> Dumbass. <laughs> uh, I know. I, was
2: like, I, I although, to be, to be honest, I don't, we all, we all knew it was a strong script. It was a really strong script. And in fact, um, it went through a process before it got made. I know some of these stories are, have been around for a while. But Tom Cruise was being talked about to play the Tim Robbins role. Yeah. And um, uh, I guess they did table reads with him. And I think he was reluctant to work with Frank because Frank had never directed. I think he did one horror movie or something before. He did The Blob. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but that's it. And... um And Frank wasn't, wasn't anxious to do, uh, um, to work with Tom, Tom Cruise (laughs) in that role. He didn't, um, he had a different vision for the thing. And uh, we all, I guess we all knew that um, it was a strong, it was a really strong story, but then it opened and it closed. Like, three weeks two weeks later yeah it it went and part of it was the title the title is just awful i mean no one knows what a shawshank at the time no one knew you know it's like an indian name or something Mm -hmm. and it's redemption sounds religious and it's a prison movie and it's long um (laughs) <laughs> kind of, kind of had everything going yeah, against it. It was like hitting all the notes, you know. Yeah. Nobody wants to go see that one. Um, and then it was not, and it was nominated for all the Academy Awards. They brought it back out into the theaters, and yeah, I'm, mean, I, I, I love that. I, I get stuck on it when I'm flipping around. Um, Um,
0: I was going to say, it's like one of those movies now, even though it didn't have a strong reception when it first came out, now it sits in a small pocket of films that everyone says, like Jaws, if it's on TV, I'm going to watch it. Shawshank Redemption, if I'm flipping channels and I land on it, nothing can stop me from watching it. Even if I own it, I'm going to watch it on TV. (laughs) And there's only like a handful of movies that we, as an entire society, agree in in Shawshank and Jaws.
1: (laughs)
2: wow
0: yeah i know i know it's, it's a great movie it's a damn near flawless film
1: well i'd say so many of your movies were that way to me to to both of us i'd, I'd yeah. say
0: demon knight is a damn near flawless film too
1: <laughs> well yeah and, and and going back to that really quick with demon knight um you know that was the first film the, the first tales from the crypt movie i think they put out right based on right based right. on the based on the hbo series you know it was
2: supposed i think it was supposed to be a a, a trilogy. There were supposed mm-hmm. to be three movies, um, Bordello of blood. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Demon Knight, Bordello of blood. And another one Yeah, that they ended up not making at all, but that's another one. That's another one that kind of came out. It did okay in the movie theaters and then it just sort of disappeared. Um, I didn't see it again for 20 years or something. Um, maybe I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> maybe it, maybe it was playing on some network that i wasn't watching but uh and then it had but but people found it and it, it became this sort of cult um you know a classic of that genre mm-hmm. which well, is
1: you, you are a part of so many of those cult classic movies you know um I, i'm just thinking about also going back to trespass that, that film, I think has grown in popularity over time, um, specifically with the phenomenal cast it had, you know, and being Mm -hmm. able to, you working obviously across from Bill Paxton, who is rest in peace, just such a wonderful actor. And you guys had such a great camaraderie in that film up until a point, obviously.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, I, that was, that was great fun to, to make. The old guy was confessing, you remember what he said?
0: Who we stole from Christ, I hid it.
2: It's gold, isn't it? Solid gold.
0: I never told it take it.
2: This, my friend, is a treasure map. To this desolate place. We're gonna find that gold then if I can smell it. Some come to take what is not theirs. Others to settle a score. Set it up for Saturday. I want to do it someplace way out where nobody is off the track. No! In this world, when desperate men meet. We don't want no trouble. We just want my brother back. You come any closer, he's a dead man. Loyalty is the first thing to die. You need to stop thinking with your trigger finger and use your brain. You're going to get my brother killed.
1: I'm no, thinking seriously, man. Somebody else needs to take over.
2: And it's every man
0: for himself.
2: The police. No, listen, we don't need them. You're <laughs> crazy. That loot is here, buddy. I want it. Now, you want to know why they didn't signal the police? Because they found something. Bill Paxton. Damn, McDonald, we're getting in awful deep. Ice T. We're not playing anymore out here. We're past the point of no return. William Sadler. Truth is, Vince, I don't see any way we're going to get out of here quiet. And Ice Cube. It's all about survival. It's all about getting yours. When you cross the line, sometimes there's no way back.
0: What the hell are you white boys
2: doing up here anyway? Go. It's all about gold. Trespass. We really rough and tumble, you know.
1: It seemed really rough and tumble. Was, and,
2: yeah. And that's Walter Hill's Walter, style. Walter's great. Yeah, Walter's the best at that stuff. He yeah. was, um, he, said, he said early on um, that. Uh, you know how some some directors, when you're setting, you're you're in this. Uh, we're all trapped in this big building, this factory, um, and some directors would worry that. Well, we just saw them come down this hallway and go in that door. We have to keep the geography in mind, uh, mm-hmm. where everybody is, and the thing. And Walter just said, "Screw that! I'm, I'm not." Gonna- I'm not going to pay any attention to the geography at all. It doesn't. It just doesn't matter. Um, And he was, you know, you'd get you'd get directions like Bill, just hit him harder. (laughs) Yeah, he was. You wear these little red glasses. And yeah, yeah. you just hear this voice from behind the camera. Just let him have it. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go. Going going again. And then. you know, you, you finish the you finish the scene and there's never any. That's great. Uh, you know, good job. Nothing like that. It was just all right, we're on the wrong set. Let's go. <laughs> and right, I, know, I guess he got what he wanted, but he, <laughs> but he was not just a director. He was a writer and an editor. Yes. As well. So he would say things like, you know, I, um, you know put your hand on the doorknob. Now look to the left all right, I got it. We're on the wrong set. (laughs) And it was like, because he was, he, he knew, he knew what he needed. He didn't, and he knew what he didn't need. You know, he was already cutting it together in his head. Wow. Um, There's one of my favorite moments in that, uh, in the filming of it. And it's, it it works in the film, in the movie too, was uh, there, these police cars pull up and I think our, our Bill Paxton thinks we're being rescued, Yeah. Um, but they're not cops. We're being, we're being faked out. We're being drawn out um, into the open so we can be killed. And uh, he does this thing. He comes to the, he comes, he's looking out the window down at the police cars, And he says, Don, Don, look. And he turns, he turns his head away from the window to call for me. And in the second that he turns his head away, there's a a guy sitting next to the camera lens, a special effects man with an air rifle who fires a ball bearing at the window (laughs) and hits. And And when Bill turns back, the hole in the window is between his eyes. And it happens, it happens like that. He just, he turns away and then comes back to the window. And in that second that his head was away, this guy puts a hole in the window where his brain was. And in a split second later, I tackle him out of the way before the whole window explodes in gunshots. Yeah. Um, but it was, but it was all practical. Was wow. Not, That's amazing. There's it's... not a, you know i guess you could do it with computers now but as
0: that would probably be cgi today yeah with the actor too close to that wow, wow.
2: they had this guy who wow all the way through the movie he was sitting next to the camera shooting at us with, wow he had zirconium hits and he had dust balls and he had <laughs> steel ball bearings i think he i think he was also the guy who did the Patrick Swayze in the roadhouse Uh, movies and like Swayze's running along the top of a bar and he's hitting the ketchup bottle and the beer bottle and the glass and following him down the
0: so so he's like a sharpshooter by trade then yeah
2: I think he was I think he used to work for the CIA he was was good lord this giant 400 pound guy which is sitting there with a rifle (laughs) Right next to the lens, like as close as as you could be to the lens and just. So Paxton and I would dive behind a table (laughs) and this guy would pepper the table with. with Oh, my God. And not not hit us ever,
1: which was really good. He's like, you know, you know, uh, everyone thinks Elvis died of a heart attack. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> oh man, that's. I should, I should dig up that guy's name. He was, yeah, he was memorable. He was great. Paxton turns his head away and goes, don <laughs> and went <laughs> like that. <laughs> oh fuck! <laughs> and I and I tackle him out of the shot and. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, and and it's it's awesome too because here you are you know years later you're in vfw and that is a movie <laughs> by the way i i watched that for the second time last night to kind of like let me just re-watch it that yeah. movie's so much fun um within like the the community that we inhabit the the horror movie genre everyone freaking loves vfw it, it's like on so many people's lists you know and it's such a fun movie but here you are Kicking so much ass in that movie with a bunch of other amazing actors with you. Wow. What an awesome film that was. Was that fun to work on?
2: VFW was, uh, I, it was, it was more fun than it, than it might, than it should have been. We shot the whole thing in like 18 days And it was another one of those that was you know cost a dollar 98 to shoot um shot it all in a vfw post in texas um but the 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 camaraderie that the that we actors had i had we had we had all worked together before so i mean i'd worked with steve lang and a couple of uh, we we did shakespeare in the park together back in 70 Six. Wow. Um, you we know, like, go <laughs> you know, way the hell back.
1: Um,
2: go back did, to those eight tracks. <laughs> I did. A, I did an off-Broadway play with uh, David Patrick Kelly about John Lennon. Back in I don't know what it was seventy seventy eight or wow seventy nine or something like that. Anyway, Another fellow musician. Um. Yeah. 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 Wonderful. But, it, but to collect all of us bums together and then <laughs> lock us in a room and have us fight our way out. Marty Cove, I did a TV show with him, you know, something something about Mars years ago. Was
1: it Roswell? And it was, or no, not. not Roswell.
2: And it was like just the best. It was so fun to get this group of guys together who, I don't know, we've all fought our way out of something or other in other movies. <laughs> yeah. And we all genuinely liked each other. It was, uh, we were cracking each other up and ad-libbing and looking out for each other. And we all shared the same trailer to get dressed in. It was, like, <laughs> it was uh, You got to really like people to, <laughs> you know
0: what I mean? There was no,
2: uh, there was no, I need my own trailer. Uh, I need, you know, I need special this or, or that we were all, we all sort of said okay we're we're in this trench together <laughs> Let's see if we can get but it but it was but it was really fun to to film and that was part of the that was part of the thing there was a there's a tremendous respect and love for each other as actors already and when you put us together in that situation i think i think some of that um spilled over on them. it must have it was over in the film.
0: That's the X factor that we sort of talk about. And yeah. that's when you see, you can just tell. You can tell that the everyone behind the cameras were just having a good time, or at least respecting yeah. each other. And <laughs> and I think that and that's what's gonna make VFW 20 years from now. People are still gonna be watching that movie and it won't it won't disappear. It's it's a great movie, and I think it's because of that love that you guys had.
2: I hope you're right. <laughs> that would be fun.
1: That I think so, I think so too that we're we're in such an interesting nostalgic age right now with um you know so many f- new directors new filmmakers appreciating actors from the 80s actors from the 90s and and wanting that quality where versus 10 15 years ago we were doing the same with people from the 60s and the 70s and and now there's there's this idea of like you know, we're going to put these people in who can act their ass off and you look like you're having a great time. And clearly you are. And I think that's one of the reasons why we enjoy your work so much, because that's, that comes across every time, whether you are a total jerk in a movie that, you know, you want to get see taken out by the main, ba- by the good guy, or right. you're the good guy who's taking out the bad guy. I think that's what we love about you. We feel your energy. Obviously what you're saying to us right now, it's, it's, it's so true. Like, being in that barn as a kid jumping off the hayloft and you're getting to do it it's in same, 2021
2: it's the same it's the same fun it's the same thrill it's like look out behind you <laughs> <laughs> gotta, get them over here be all right. <laughs> I can't tell you i wasted so many so many days as a kid we My, my friend down the road when I was a little kid, his name was John Messer. And I've lost track of him now. I don't have any idea where John lives or if he even still is around, but he had a chicken coop that it was this small wooden building about 10 by 10 by 10. And it had one little window and we used to, we painted numbers on, um, Mayonnaise jar lids and nailed them all over the wall around that window and we sat on the floor on the dirt floor and flew this spaceship um it it we we went to distant planets together and um you know using these dials to steer the ship and then we'd go out we'd step out of the chicken coop with our bb guns and pretend that there was no gravity. So we would just like float. <laughs> awesome. so it would be it would be a great moment in a film. You, I have such a strong memory of this. Um, these two little kids floating around and then his mom would call and it was lunchtime.
0: <laughs> Back to reality.
1: <laughs> yeah. It actually sounds like a perfect setup for a film where the two characters are now buddies in space, you know, and, and, uh, Yeah, it all started from there, you know.
2: But I don't. I heard somewhere, somebody wise once said, you know, if you want to figure out what you what to do with your life, go back and look at what it was that you found exciting when you were ten. Yeah, you know, what did you really, really love when you were eight and nine and ten? Um, and I guess that's, I guess that's what it is. I guess that's what I did. You know,
1: I love that. I love yeah. that. I, I, you know, my son being six right now, he's, he's at a very crucial age of like just enjoying, I want him to enjoy life as much as possible and have as much fun in play. Right. right. And, uh, I, right. I, was a kindergarten teacher for 15 years and, uh, hung up my, you know, blue smock or whatever you want to say. <laughs> and, uh, I never wore one. Yeah. Uh, but I, you know, I became a voice actor and then uh, got into podcasting with my buddy Corey. And, uh, and obviously this has been a pleasure and, and here, you know, my son sees me every day having so much fun and he says, and I draw every day too. I love to just draw and and that's all he does is he plays with his toys, physical toys, not a video game. Right, right. And draws every day, you know, and there's something so beautiful about that, that it's, it's so, um, it's, it's so universal, Right. Uh huh. We can all relate to picking up a crayon and drawing with something, or picking up a stick and pretending it's a, a lightsaber. Sword. Yeah,
2: yeah, it's a lightsaber. It's a fishing pole. It's a that that imagination play is just it's priceless. I think you know, and you're still doing it today. I mean,
1: I, you know, <laughs> I, look, I I uh, recently watched um, well last year um, Bill and Ted: Faced the Music, and oh sure. yeah. And then I watched it with my oh, wife and, and no, no. It, it was, you know, it was what I loved about it. it was such a love letter. It was such a, it was such a, like, things are going to be okay. You know, we're, we're going to get through this. And it was so appropriate for what is going on in the world right now. It was perfect timing
2: for that movie. And that, the funny thing is that we, sh- we shot it before the pandemic. There was no, there was no pandemic. There was, yeah. you know, um, yeah. No, I I I thought that I thought that film came out really really well. I thought they tied up a lot of loose ends and I couldn't believe they it had been 30 years since we I know. Wait, you, how wait any longer you're going to you know. Death
1: will be death.
2: <laughs> you'll be sorry. You're going to be sorry. <laughs> <laughs> best route of three. <laughs> but it was, the it was, it's just joyful. It was really, yeah. really fun. It was great fun to get back together. Um, put on the, I mean, it's the robes all seemed heavier this time. <laughs> and I'm not, I mean, I'm not, uh, I'm much old. I'm a bit older now, but <laughs> <laughs> but but the character was still there it was sort of like i pulled a was. out of a bottle and he was like oh hello i was waiting for you to come <laughs> in <laughs> it's like but he never went he never went away <laughs> um and it, the really fun thing about playing him playing that guy is that he um, he's such a complete foreign person to to me that once i put once we're in the makeup and the robes and and the once i'm in the character i can't shut him up <laughs> um, he just sort of exists on his own <laughs> and he doesn't care he doesn't really care what you wrote <laughs> you know if i have to say something else he will <laughs> Well, and he's such an iconic character, too, at
0: this point. Like, I mean, every, everybody knows him, you know, he's so iconic.
2: You know, maybe it's nice to think that Death is a, you know, he's a nice, he's a nice. What, what I thought was really brilliant about the first movie about Bogus Journey was the, um, when you first see Death, he's terrifying. They've been murdered. They're dead. And they meet this figure, and he's the same figure that, you know, oh crap, he's, you know, the robes, the scythe. He's this scary figure. Um, and and then of course, as the games get going and he starts to lose one game after another, after another, he be all of that just crumbles and he becomes this petulant, uh, insecure sore loser, you know it, it it all just evaporates and he's not this scary dude anymore. He's like, you know, he, he's somebody that we all know <laughs> we can all relate to. And then, and then by the end of the movie, he's he wants to be in the band. Yeah. You know, he wants, what about my butt? I move <laughs> out all the time. You know, what <laughs> What about me? <laughs> he just wants to be one of the guys, um, which and it's sweet. So he has this really, you know, he makes this great journey.
1: Well, the thing about you know, and not to get too deep, but you know, death is like the dark. It's 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 just there. You know, it's it's not it's not gonna it's not the the monster. It's just the thing. You know, it's the thing. It's it. The, there's nothing to fear about the actual thing because
2: once you're there. There's, that's it. I don't think yeah. you need to be afraid then. And, hey
1: yeah.
0: seasons don't fear the reaper, right? Right. <laughs> hey, nice. <laughs> <laughs> that Welcome was my
2: music after that. That was
0: my one yeah. musical contribution to the conversation. <laughs> don't,
2: don't fear the reaper. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: I had a, when that when Bogus Journey came out in ninety-one, they uh they actually they executed a guy in California named uh, Robert Alton Harris. And Robert Alton Harris, um, I don't know what he did, but, but they did they've, um, and they, and the war they, his last words, the warden read his last words and his last words were, you might be a King or a little street sweeper, but sooner or later you dance with the Reaper, mm-hmm. which was, Whoa. which was the Reaper rap
1: Intense. from this yeah.
2: journey. Mm. And, and it as it turns out i had i had added that little bit to they they had written a rap song that i didn't i i couldn't quite make it make sense and i asked them if i could take a shot at it so i wrote this little you know verse and the press started calling and saying you know um did you know that uh this this guy <laughs> this who was executed used your line as the last words uh of his whole life and um how does, how does that make you feel and I, th- I said well i hate to lose a fan under any circumstances but you know you're gonna kill him um i thought but i i really i i thought if i you know if i knew they were going to be his last words i would have worked on it longer <laughs> <laughs> i would have tried, tried to come up with something pithy <laughs> but it's better to burn out than fade away <laughs> <laughs> Some, Something. <laughs> hey
1: that's a crazy never, story
2: but it's but you never know who's listening that's the yeah. thing about making movies or tv shows is you do these performances and then you go home and you don't you know it happen it goes out, it goes out and people in Ohio are watching it. And people in Kansas are watching it and, um, they're having whatever reactions they're having. Um, and it's one, and it's one of the things I guess, that the internet is fun for because you can hear from those folks, Yep. you know, um, like us, <laughs> but you never, but you never do know how they're gonna, you know, you, you you. we did the game sequence in bogus journey and then got in our cars and went home yeah you know (laughs) or we finished shawshank and we all went home yeah um and it goes on and has a life and does what it's you know you never really see how it's going to land
1: was there ever a role for you where you're like I hope this is the this is the one or or have there been a few where you go this is the one that I want to be remembered for 40 years from now or whatever.
2: Wow. No, I don't I don't know that there's been I don't know that I've played that role yet. Um
1: I like that yet.
2: Yeah, no, I've got a couple left in me. You got quite a few
0: more. I was going to say VFW proves you have a lot more than a couple left in you.
2: (laughs) I have a couple left in me, but I don't don't know that I've. Yeah, I don't know that I've. I'm I'm very proud of what the, you know, the things that we've left along the way that people have enjoyed over the years. But um, how do I want to be remembered? I'll probably be remembered for the reaper. You know, that'll. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
1: look you know you brought up you brought up martin cove in vfw and yeah. uh i mean
2: had, he's, having a, he's having a rebirth here which is yeah. beautiful uh yeah.
1: i i had an opportunity i was at a i was at a passover event in um in, in <laughs> years ago on wilshire yes. in la and he was the guest speaker uh there you and, go you know speaking about it and and so he comes up on the on the POTUS or whatever and and starts speaking and, and, and I lean over to my, my wife at now ex-wife at the time. And, uh, and I said, that's, that's Martin Cove. And she's like from, and I go, yeah, from Cobra Kai, you're from Karate Kid, you know? And i started rallying, And he starts speaking about the love of his son and it was very emotional. And it was very, it was a very beautiful speech that he gave. And and Lainey Kazan was there as well. And she gave a really wonderful speech. Um, but it was so wonderful to see how, joyful he was for his child and, um, Jesse, and then to know, you know, you know, obviously you you separate the character from the act, from the performer. And, uh, but, but who would have known that so many years later, he would have been brought back as that character kind of in the same way you got brought back as the Reaper, you know, in this, in this memorable way. And it's so wonderful to see that again.
2: Well, Marty, uh, Marty's a lovely guy. I mean, he's a really these are these are all really nice people, these this that group in VFW. And we've all played such awful badass yeah. <laughs> <Holy> <laughs> Right. I mean, at one time or another, you've wanted to kill all of us. <laughs> yeah. But Mar- but Mar- we'd be covered with blood and we'd be fighting our fighting off these evil doers coming through the door, and we'd will cut. And Marty would say, Marty would say, you want, uh, he kept, uh, he kept bringing me food at the hotel <laughs> and inviting me up to have, have a Seder with him, um, yeah, which, was, is. which was lovely. It was like, it is it, seders are lovely. Yeah, no, they're, they're, they're beautiful, but we, I mean, we're all kind of stuck in this hotel um, yeah. ordering takeout something, you know, whatever. And he had a, you know, he had a little kitchen and he, uh, And he would invite me up to (laughs) to have he sent down a thing of matzo. Matzo's were um, they chocolate covered because otherwise they're pretty terrible. They were were just plain, (laughs) he's just a, just plain lovely guy. He's, (laughs) He's a sweetheart. And it's a, I'm always struck by, you know, Steve Langs, one of the nicest guys uh i know you know a, a family man and a and a great and a great guy and a fun you know self-deprecating and then, and then the election, and he's like tough as nails you know they're not coming in <laughs>
0: It always seems like the nicest guys play like the the horrible characters, because even uh, Mark Ralston just was nothing like his character in Shawshank Redemption. (laughs) I know, right?
2: (laughs) Well, if he was, he would never work again. I'm, yeah
0: he he told us he was like my son wanted to see it when he was like like 13 or something and he was yeah. like i just had to sit my son down and said look just understand that this character is nothing like your father <laughs> at
2: all <laughs> i'm not like that at all <laughs> I, I know i know Was he's a one he's a terrific actor yeah. though I was like clancy brown you know clancy oh, yeah. clancy's nothing like that yeah. none of us none of us are but you know, if you can't, if you can't be James Bond, be be Dr. No, you know, be my the- son.
1: My son tends to like the villains more than the heroes because they're more colorful.
0: Everyone likes Darth Vader, right? Everyone loved Darth Vader growing up. It's 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 awesome. They get the coolest costumes, you know,
2: they get the coolest costumes. They do. doers get to do whatever the hell they want too. There's like there's no rules, yeah. you, you know. If you're the good guy, you got to be honest. You got to be, you know, there, there are things you can't do because you're the good guy. I did a, I think it was the second movie I ever did was Hard to Kill with Steven Seagal.
1: Yeah.
2: And uh, it had a different ending at one time. Oh, it, really? Yeah, it was, I was, I played Vernon Trent. Um, and at, there's, a, there's a moment at the end where he's hunted me down and he knocked my teeth with his shotgun and he's got a shotgun on me and I take a swing at him and the way <laughs> the way the original film ended which he wrote um was uh he I'm wearing a bathrobe, white bathrobe and he throws me in the fireplace and I burn to de- he holds me there while I burn to death oh and I guess Warner Brothers Look, <laughs> Warner Brothers looked at it and said, uh, Steven, um, you're the hero. You can't do. That. He's he's unarmed. He's wearing, a you know, he's he's wearing a white bathrobe. Um, you can't just hold him in the fire and burn him to death. So we went back and we had to shoot a different ending where I get dragged off. But, you know, in handcuffs or something. Steven Seagal is Mason Storm. A cop working undercover. Until his cover was blown. Whoever that is, I don't want him to get an hour older. They thought they'd seen the last of him. But Mason Storm is hard to kill. Now, He's toast. You understand? The climate is right. We'll get him, buddy. For revenge, every one of them. I think you better dial 911. Mason Storm is about to hit back. That wasn't the time. Now is the time. We
0: are going to put an end to violence, and you can take that to the bank.
2: Steven Seagal <laughs> is hard to kill. Take that to the bank. funny story we got there to shoot that new ending and bruce Malmuth, the director and steven seagal had they'd had a kind of a big falling out they weren't talking they weren't really talking to each other at that point um but they got us all back together i'm standing there on the set we're ready to rehearse and no one had decided what happens between when i take a swing at him with a fireplace poker and when i get dragged off in handcuffs Okay. And Bruce Malmuth, the director, said, well, I think you should, it should be something really, you should, I think you should, you know, um, you know, kick him in the balls and then smash his face against the floor and then rip his arm off and beat him to death. <laughs> and Seagal is standing there saying, oh, I no, think, I think I should drag, pull his throat out through his mouth. <laughs> And break his back over my knee, <laughs> and I'm standing there, and I'm standing there once again in a white bathrobe, just listening to these two guys going, "Jesus Christ!" <laughs> they don't, and they don't know. They have, and they got in a fight, and Seagal walks away. He walked. He goes back to his trailer. Oh God! Now we've. They've spent like five hundred thousand dollars to shoot this one day, um, for some some ridiculous amount of money, um, and I thought I had this idea. He still got that little shotgun, the sawed-off shotgun, and I remembered a scene. I think it's in Missouri Breaks, or it's either in Missouri Breaks or Oklahoma Crude, um, where. <laughs> Someone holds the shotgun under, under, I think it's Jack Palance's uh, net chin and then urinates all over his legs, right? And it's the most humiliating. It's just humiliating. And you see the look on his face like, you know, it's a great. It's, it was just this burned in moment. Yeah, it's great. And I said, what if, I said to him Mal- Malmoth and the producer, I said, what if, what if S- Stephen? he's got that shotgun and it's under my chin. And we see it go down out of frame but the camera stays up here and you see me going hey come on no please don't no like he's going to shoot my johnson off <laughs> and then boom and i look down and it's still there and then you can say something like i don't know how i could miss it must be smaller than i thought <laughs> it's like, you know some awful embarrassing you know humiliating Bullshit, and the producers loved it, and M- Malmuth loved it. But then they said, "If we tell Stephen that story, if we tell Stephen that he's not going to want to do it because it's coming oh, no. from us, would you go and <laughs> would you go and tell him?" So I went to Seagal's trailer, and I told him this. I said, "This was an idea," and he said, "That's great. Let's shoot it." <laughs> and that, and that was it. So he didn't kick me in the balls, or you know, break me in half, or rip your
0: throat out through your mouth. (laughs) (laughs) And and I love how you're just standing there listening to two people talk about how they're going to dismember you, and you're like, (laughs) okay,
2: for five minutes minutes, (laughs) in a bathrobe. (laughs) Yeah, it's and they're saying, well, it's got to be humiliating. We got to you know grab his tongue and and smash his face with your knee, and I'm like. Jesus, guys, what did you do? Wasn't that bad, of a gun. That's that's that was. I came up with a solution that...
1: that that is quite possibly one of the greatest stories I think I've ever heard.
2: Nobody nobody wanted to tell him because they wouldn't. He wouldn't like it if it came from Bruce. But he respected you. He respected me. Yeah. It's awesome. Did. He did. He did. He was always first. First minute I was on the set. There's a hot tub scene with a girl, a new naked woman, with me in a hot tub. And the, yeah, the very first thing <laughs> yeah. said to me. I have so many Steven Seagal stories. <laughs> Welcome to Steven Seagal after dark. <laughs> this isn't an X-ray.
1: At the no, but you can swear or whatever. It's
2: Bill. Where do you see the fucking piece of pussy? I get in the hot tub with you. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you smoothie, you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh oh, oh man,
2: even Jesus. <laughs> and we were we were shooting one day. There was a, we were shooting a, at the, L.A. Zoo, and we were at the edge of a. Uh, there's a moat, and on the other side of the there's a fence, and then a moat, and on the other side of the moat there were all of these chimps lined up like watching us film. And we got, we got half, halfway through the scene, like the first take or something. And one of the camera guys yells, incoming! <laughs> and all of a sudden it's raining chimp shit. Oh no. They were like, they had all crapped in their hands and thrown it at the same time. And it was like, oh. boom, boom, boom. And I thought, Wow. Everyone's a critic. <laughs> God damn it. It's just movie guys. Come on. So.
1: What, song, uh, did you, what song is that a, uh, set up for <laughs> on your uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, I don't. You got to write a song about that. That's, that's going to be a bonus
0: that... track right there.
1: <laughs> Coming on the show and telling us stories upon stories. I mean, we're honored. Sincerely, I cannot. I know you you laugh, but but it's true. Like you've shaped uh, our our youth uh, and and our love of film. And I think you just ratcheted up a few more notches because of of how much you love the movies that you've done. Uh, I'm gonna. I know for a fact I'm gonna watch Hard Target again tonight with a different different perspective.
2: We mean hard to kill. Or
1: but... sorry, hard to kill. <laughs> hard to kill. Not hard target. Different <laughs> different uh kung fu fighting uh action here. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> But, but yeah, no, I and to reiterate what Zach said, honestly, this was just a huge honor for for both of us, and it's amazing, and thank you from the bottom of our hearts just for giving us amazing characters, and characters that, you know, e- even the, the evil ones, you know, we just love to watch, and then the good ones we love to root for, and <laughs> at the end of the day, it's, you know, it was it's you, we're rooting for you, and VFW kicks yeah. so much ass, and I just, I want to see you kick more ass in the future. Future. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like,
1: yes. You're. Yes. Me too. Uh,
2: <laughs> as, as soon as I get that second vaccine shot, I think. Uh, right. It should I be mean, pretty
1: soon, right? You're. You're turning, due for it. A... Yeah.
2: I've been turning stuff down lately, which isn't isn't like me. Um, I enjoy this. I I really like uh I like what I do. I like my acting. <laughs> I'm having more fun doing it these days than I think I ever was. Even uh you know. 20, 30 years ago. It's, it's, I, I used to fuss and I used to fuss and fret over it and, and worry about it and so on. And now I'm, nah, just let, just let her rip.
1: I love that. I love that. Well, you got to know that the response when, uh when we told our Instagram followers and whatnot, that we were going to be talking to you, which is, which is huge that you know the 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 response was di- gigantic people talking about deep space you know star trek and talking about solo and it's just like you know oh Whoa. you got to talk about solo and, and star trek and said, like,
2: <laughs> shoot i know i know i get amazed when i think i there's there's so many of them out there wow and and star, and star trek naked, is such a t- tai chi
1: yeah, <laughs> naked but, tai I mean, Chi.
0: But we didn't even, yeah, we didn't even get into Star Trek. But like, you, you know, your character is, is huge in that franchise. Like, it was a very pivotal character, and where they, when it started, it's just like, wow, your career is absolutely amazing. Well, thank,
2: you. well, thank you very much. And we're honored to have you. This so has been, this has been great fun.
1: Thank you. Any idea when your music might be coming out? Um,
2: gosh, it's still in progress. Okay. Um, I, <laughs> it'll, it'll be a long you can check out the kitchen tapes yeah uh, that's on youtube you said on youtube yeah i don't know how many songs i've got on there now but they're just me with a guitar and it's uh, you know playing in front of a ipad um so the quality's not spectacular but um uh, but that's what's fun about the the recordings that i'm doing now they're they're much much better
0: I'll I'll put a link uh, in in the show notes to the YouTube channel for you so people can find it that way. But in just but, but the the interesting thing is I I think with uh you said the quality being lower, I think people actually like that. It makes it feel more candid and real, you know. But that being oh, said, cool. we're all excited for the uh the the album it's
2: though. There's <laughs> plenty of low quality. We have low quality in abundance. <laughs> we're candid even. in abundance. Candid low quality
1: is that's my middle name when the when the a-track comes out of it yeah. yes <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much will for william for
2: being on the show oh my pleasure my pleasure <laughs> have a good night. Thank, you. thank you bye-bye bye-bye there's a star in the dome of a boy who fell while flying too close to the sun, like a moth to a fire, it kept going higher. It was heaven.
1: Listening to Podcasting After Darks exclusive interview series with William Sadler. And as always, thank you for your support. Imagine, being one of the last people on Earth, being trapped alone with something, not human. Something, always watching. Something, always waiting. What would you do? Where would you run? Where would you hide? If you were haunted for seven winters alone. Podcasting After Dark presents Seven Winters Alone. A dystopian haunted house story by David Irons. Available now in paperback and ebook.